0: Get ready for biblical preaching and teaching. I am Pastor Adam Bigelow. Isn't it time to get unstuck? This is the Reaching Forward podcast. Mark chapter 2 for my Bible reading, beginning in verse 3. And I know this is a few verses, just bear with me, even if you're not a bear. I asked someone, you know, So, if a bear has socks on, does he still have bare feet? So, you just got some things you just got to bear with me. So, bear with me. And they come unto him, bringing one sick of the palsy. That means he was paralyzed. Which, right, which was born of four, which means four men carried him. And when they could not come nigh unto him for the press, that means the people, not the media, right? There were so many people there. They uncovered the roof where he was. And when they had broken it up, some folks wanted to go to church, man. They let down the bed wherein the sick of the palsy lay. When Jesus saw their faith, he said unto the sick of the palsy, Son... Thy sins be forgiven thee. But there were certain of the scribes sitting there and reasoning in their hearts, Why doth this man thus speak blasphemies? Who can forgive sins but God only? And immediately, when Jesus perceived in his spirit that they so reasoned within themselves. He said unto them, Why reason ye these things in your hearts? You know, God knows our hearts. He even knows our thoughts. Whether it is easier, whether is it easier to say to the sick of the palsy, Thy sins be forgiven thee, or to say, Arise, take up thy bed and walk. But that ye may know that the Son of Man hath power on earth to forgive sins, he saith to the sick of the palsy, "I say unto thee, arise, and take up thy bed, and go thy way into thine house." And immediately he rose and took up the bed, and went forth before them all, insomuch that they were all amazed. And glorified God, saying, we never saw it on this fashion. And John chapter 1, the gospel of John, chapter 1, verse 29, for my text, where I would like to bring our theme for the message today. God laid this on our heart, I think Wednesday. Tomorrow is July 4th, so happy 4th to everybody. We Americans appreciate freedom. Freedom. Amen. The next day John seeth Jesus coming unto him, and saith, Behold, the Lamb of God, which taketh away the sin of the world. And using that phrase, taketh away, I would like to preach on the thought of a message, take away value, take away value value let us we already prayed didn't we let's praise god let's just go (laughs) if you've ever been somewhere and you heard a motivational speaker maybe you heard your teacher teach something maybe you like modern people watch a youtube video you ever need to fix your car you know go to the mechanic or watch youtube amen because you can actually say, you know, like, get a new microwave or give it to Sister Nikita. No, actually, she's good with stuff like that. <laughs> Watch YouTube. Watch. Go, go to eHow and find out the steps on how to fix something at home. There are instructions. And even watching something like a cartoon from Disney, you can gain insights into relationships and learn something from a children's cartoon, we can have a takeaway value, and that's really what I want to say this morning that what is our takeaway value from Jesus Christ? And there are three things I would like to share. You know, cause sometimes takeout, it can have different meanings, right? Takeout could mean food, dating or murder. If you're a praying mantis, it means all three at the same time. But if you have takeaway lessons So you learn something uh, You you take that with you when you go And uh, I hope that you take some food with you when you go We've got extra plates We're going to have extra food But I really, when you come to the house of God I really believe that it's God's desire That when you leave When you kind of dust the crumbs off Or you kind of put the hymnals away That you take something with you in your heart When you walk back to your car, when you go back home, when you close that door, that the word of God is still moving in your heart, and that's what I want for everybody here. Because guess what? I don't care how much you eat. You can eat one piece of pizza, or like this one man said, mini muffins. Right? I'll take one or twelve. You know, it doesn't matter. You can fill yourself full. Guess what? You'll be hungry. In just a few hours and that's why Jesus said that we're supposed to say Lord give us this day our daily bread I I need God to be with me all the time as much as I eat as much as you fill your car up with gas it's gonna need to get filled up again as much as you wash it it's gonna need to get washed again as much as you do things around the house It's it's constant effort into it, but we need something from God. And these three things are not things you hold in your hands. Because as I get older, you begin to realize, say, preacher, but I'm going to get a car. Guess what? I've had many. I'll have more if the Lord tarries, right? They lose their importance. I've lived in a lot of houses growing up. It was different places, and I've worn a lot of clothes. In fact, my mom has a pink and white striped shirt. I'm like, that's not mine. My mom said, yes, it is. I used to wear pink. No, 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 I wasn't that way. Okay, it was like a surfer thing, right? Pink, yellow, all these loud colors back in the 80s. Remember Miami Vice? Those guys weren't feminine, but they wore pink, right? It was a thing, right? Look, before you find fault with me, George Washington, check out his clothes. Back in the day, it was manly to wear pink. So some of George, so I, I anyway, so I don't wear it now. I denied it was mine. But my mom's like, no. That was yours. There's probably picture evidence, right? I've worn a lot of clothes, but you know, these things aren't as important anymore. And as you grow, the things that are important are things that I'm going to be preaching to you today about. There are things also that you can take with you when you walk out the door. Because I left the pink shirt there. I'm like, Mom, you can do whatever you need to do with that, right? I would throw it out if I didn't think it would be... Offensive, but it probably would. if my mom listens to the podcast, she'll hear me say it. So. But <laughs> thanks, Mom, for buying it for me. <laughs> I like, first of all, the Bible says that they brought a man who was taken with a palsy. He had been paralyzed. I don't know if it was neurological, if he had gotten an accident. But he was, had a paralysis where he could not move in his body and so they put him on a stretcher and if you ever carried someone on a stretcher when I was in the Marine Corps we did this combat exercise with a helicopter and you had your helmet on and they simulated that a guy got hit so he laid down on the stretcher and you had to pick him up and with the helicopter you have to duck your head a little bit so you don't get your head chopped off because the, the, the rotor blades kind of come down a little bit and I'm like man this is hard it's hard to carry someone, right? And uh, they did though. These four friends. They said, "Hey, let's let's get together. Let's get our friend to church. I think Jesus is going to be at this place." And so they got there, and uh, it was too full. They were late, but they didn't let that stop them. Can you imagine that? You go to Krispy Kreme, and there's no parking spots, and you go up onto the roof, and you break up the roof. <laughs> Dun, 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 like Mission Impossible and you just come down like I'm getting my donut, right? You'd be on the news.
1: <laughs>
0: but that's what they did. They broke up the roof of this person, a stranger's house, right? They didn't even ask permission. They had flat roofs, right? So they, would, they broke it up and removed all the building materials they were going to get uh, Justin to go fix it the next day and re-insulate, right? But they broke it up and they lowered this man down with ropes. So it took Teamwork. And into the midst before Jesus. And the Bible said that Jesus looked down at this man. You can imagine stuff falling on your head. It's lovely to get insulation on you. They say that reading is the gift that keeps on giving. No, insulation. You get that fiberglass on you and you're like itching all over the place. It's takeaway value. You take it with you when you go, right? And then you wash one piece of clothing and it gets on all the other parts of clothing, right? It's lovely. So, Jesus, the Bible said, saw this man in the midst, and the Bible says that he spoke to this man and said, Son, thy sins be forgiven thee. He just spoke to that man. And you're like, Preacher, you know, I've been to the doctor. Uh, That's really not what he needed, doesn't this? He needed to be healed, he didn't need to be forgiven. You know, have you ever gone to a doctor and you thought it was one thing? You ever gone to a mechanic? I was talking to my, uh, my, my dad has a car and I said, dad, I think your bearing's going out. And so I talked to my uncle who's an actual mechanic. <laughs> His name's Uncle Tom, but he's white, okay. <laughs> but he's an actual mechanic. And I said, hey, my dad might have a bearing going out. And he said, you know what? It could be a bearing, but he's a mechanic, right? And he said, or it could be a caliper, or it could be a brake, or it could be a slide. He explained this thing I didn't even know existed. There's a slide on your caliper which grabs the, the, bra- the, the uh, rotor and stops the car. And if that sticks, it can sound like the same thing. And I was like, wow, it's completely different than my diagnosis. So if you ever gone to a doctor, you think it's one thing, it's another thing. Like this man went to the doctor, and he said, Doctor, I've got a problem. I'm in pain. And the doctor said, Where does it hurt? He said, Well, if I touch my head, it hurts. If I touch my left arm, it hurts. If I touch my leg, it hurts. If I touch my foot, it hurts. Help me, doctor. What's going on? He said, What if you touch your, uh, your, your, like, your midsection? He said, If I touch that, it hurts. So the doctor diagnosed him. He said, I have a diagnosis. And the man said, tell me, doc, what's going on? He said, you broke your finger. <laughs> you know, when you come to the doctor, you might think it's one thing. They thought, you know, hey, wait a second. Obviously, this man needs to be healed. But the Bible, yes, he did. But the first takeaway value that we get from the house of God and brethren, if you take one thing today from the house of God, Take this. The Bible says we need the take away value of forgiveness. Forgiveness. This man said, if you're removing unnecessary things from your car, definitely take off the brakes, right? Because those brakes, they'll just slow you down, right? (laughs) You know, a lot of times, though, there's things. No, keep your brakes. (laughs) Like this one brake shop. It said, stop in. If you can. But we need the Lord to remove. The... <laughs> you get that? Amen. <laughs> we need the Lord to give us forgiveness so that we don't let those things slow us down. When Jesus saw this paralyzed man, he diagnosed him. Now, it was not a misdiagnosis. It was not medical malpractice. Because he, sin is a, uh, a scourge on our life. Sin will stop us in our tracks. Sin will engage our brakes. <laughs> I thought of something. Have you ever had a car that has a manual transmission and an emergency brake? There are two ways to park the car. You know where I'm going with this. (laughs) One way is to set your emergency brake and leave the car in neutral so it would roll by itself, right? How do I know? Personal illustration. Another way is to just leave it in gear, right? It's the right thing to do, right? So, I dropped my wife off at Bible school years ago, 20-some years ago, and I, she was going to drive the car home. I dropped it off, must have gotten a ride with someone else, so uh, I dropped the car off, you know, wiggled it back and forth, set the emergency brake, walked away. A couple hours later, my wife calls me, honey, honey. What did you say? The brakes are glowing. The brakes are glowing. She had been driving the car and she got out. And the brakes were glowing, right? Well, my wife grew up and you would put the car in gear. And that's how, so she didn't check the e brake, okay? So the emergency brake was still engaged when she just drove off. And after a while, that means your brakes are engaged, right? And you're overpowering that with your, with your foot, right? And so she's driving, and I think down the, down the hill and everything, and over the hill to grandmother's house, but we didn't make it, because she probably started to smell something like, what's going on? And got out, and there was like, whoa, like a superhero, right? I had like brakes with like power on them, right? And... You say, well, preacher, that's crazy. But a lot of people do that. They try to drive and the brakes are on their life. And it's just like that sin and that unforgiveness. It's like pulling them down. And you can overpower it, right? You can hit the gas and try to overpower it. But it's just like there's something. If you, uh, if you let off the gas, it'll slow down. But if you keep going, you're going to have a fire, right? Something's going to have a, that's going to be a problem. You know what happened? Thank God. We got grace, right? The card has kept working, so thank you, Jesus. But you know what? Even greater than that, that what we need most in our life, the reason that Jesus was manifested, the Bible says in 1 John chapter 3, and verse 5, and you know that he was manifested to take away our sins. And in him, there's no sin. There was a woman who was caught in adultery, And the Bible says that they wanted to stone this woman. You know, preacher, uh, say, preacher, all these criminals, why don't we just have the death penalty? And I'm not here to talk about that, but uh, really, I believe in the death penalty. Say, preacher, you believe in the death penalty? Well, you believe that people, these criminals, if we could just kill them all? Well, I think even better than the death penalty. I believe in the death penalty, but hold on. You see, I believe the death penalty was shown to us by our Lord and our Savior when he died on the cross. You see, the death for sin, the, the, the uh, price of sin is death. And the price for our sins is hell. And the price for our sins is a lake of fire. That's what we have to pay. But Jesus took it for us. I believe in the death penalty because Jesus died for my sins. Because Jesus paid the price. And because, you see, you can kill a criminal, but you can't change them. But you see, when Jesus' blood comes upon our life, the death and the, of Jesus Christ pays for our sin. It washes away our guilt. It washes away our old life. And it allows you to walk, the Bible says, in newness of life. They wanted to kill this woman. They didn't care about the woman caught in adultery. The man wasn't there. You know, that's a dance. It takes two to tango. So, say, preacher, this abortion debate, you know, there's no abortions that need to happen if people just get married first. Amen? It takes two. It's not the woman's fault or the man's fault. But you know that Jesus wasn't there to condemn this woman. He said, hey, whoever's got without sin, cast the first stone." And they all began to leave. And he said, Woman hath no man condemn thee. And she looked around, and she said, No man, Lord. He said, Neither do I condemn thee. And then he said, Go, you're free sin no more. You know that I'm thankful that when you come to Jesus, he's not going to saddle you with a bunch of burdens. You know, when you come to Jesus, you can cat you can lay down those burdens. And I don't know if you've been carrying a burden. Maybe it's a burden for your child. And there's some burdens we'll, we'll have to, you know, pick up once in a while. But don't carry the burden of unforgiven sin. Because when Jesus gets around you, he makes the diagnosis and he says, you are are forgiven. You're free. You're set free from sin. You don't have to carry it anymore. I'm thankful that when you come to Jesus, you can have a takeaway value of forgiveness. See, well, God would forgive me. Yes. You see, a lot of times we condemn ourselves. Others condemn us, but we carry that with us. And it's like uh, w- walking down the street with your brakes on. I know, because when my daughter... She thinks that I have something against her, and her countenance is just like falling. Have you ever had it where your kid thinks that you have something against them, and they're just like their heads down, and you come talk to them? It's like, wait, I love you. I, I, you know, I love you. There's nothing against us, and it happens in marriages too. I just had to talk to my wife before church to do what? Ask her for forgiveness. (laughs) Talking roughly on the way to church. You're like, man, I'm preaching. I hate that. You know, Can't we at least do things right on the way to church? What kind of preacher are you? A real one? Because you do it, but I'm saying it. You know what? I mean, we all do it. But say, preacher, what do you do? Get forgiveness. Honey, please. Please forgive me. Why? Did you curse her out? No, I didn't do that because I'm a Christian, but I said some things that were not helpful. They were hurtful. And you know what? But if you're man enough to say it, be man enough to say those two words that men cannot say. Bam, I'm sorry. Men don't say, I'm sorry. They're like, I'm, I'm sorry. Not I'm sorry, honey, that you had a bad attitude. No, you don't like reverse it. <laughs> right, like I'm sorry. I'm the one. You know, for us to be forgiven of our sin, we have to claim it that's not mine that's not mine that's not mine no it's mine but now I'm gonna give it to Jesus that's what we have to do when you say I'm sorry to really get forgiveness say you know that's my sin. no one did that it was me and I like to try to say I'm I'm thinking how can I blame this on my wife how can I make this and I tried I went to court I did you ever done this I went to court and all of my arguments failed I mean and then I realized man even if I had gone and done it right it wouldn't have been right (laughs) so I had to say honey I'm sorry and honey, I'm sorry. I mean, you know, you get stressed out. You say the wrong thing. But you know what? The, the, the takeaway value is forgiveness. God will forgive you. you. Say, preacher, will God forgive me? I had 14 abortions. Absolutely. But I killed someone. Yeah. Absolutely. But I did this. Absolutely. But I, I did this. Absolutely. God is a forgiving God said, Preacher, but I don't believe that. Well, I believe that God will forgive us of all our sin. He'll cleanse us from all unrighteousness, but he paid for it. And when Jesus died on the cross, all we have to do is say, God, I see that there's credit on your account. I don't have any on mine. Will you pay for me? Have you ever done that? You go and uh, you try to pay for something. they are like, hey, the guy in front of you paid, like in Starbucks, right? You try to pay for your drinks. Guy in front of you paid. You know, Jesus already paid. All they have to do is say, thank you. You know, when someone pays for you, what do you do? Thanks. God, thank you for changing me and paying for my sin. Take the value of forgiveness. And you know, it's valuable. This isn't even really on my message, but if you need to ask forgiveness for someone, ask forgiveness. And you know what, what is the preacher, but what if they don't give it to me? You free yourself. Just forgive them. Now I'm not saying that they're right. But just forgive them for your own sake. Why? Because I need to be set free. So my parents did me wrong. And this one, well, you know what? Forgive them. I'm not saying it was right. But I'm saying you can't carry that anymore. You need to be free of it. You need to walk and say, you know what, preacher, uh, 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 they did this and they did that. I know, but I don't want to carry it anymore. And I just my, my daughter, my wife, and I, we, we are constantly putting each other back together and asking for forgiveness. Why? Because we like to be free. We like to be joyful. It's a takeaway value of forgiveness. Second takeaway value. The takeaway value, faith. Faith. The Bible says in Romans chapter 8, For we are saved by hope. But hope that is seen is not hope. Does that make sense? For what a man seeth, why doth he yet hope for. You can't hope you have a hundred bucks in your wallet if you have a hundred bucks in your wallet because you have a hundred bucks in your wallet. There's no hope! But if we hope for that we see not, then do we with patience wait for it. You know, it's an interesting thing. Faith is a wonderful work of God. Have you ever heard of a Ponzi scheme? So the guy named Charles Ponzi and he said, basically, oh, I got an investment for you. And he said, just put your money with me. I'll give you like 50% return in a real short turnaround, right? And so they gave him money. And so he paid his original investors with the money that came from the new investors. It was not a legitimate. And it was only working as long as the new people got in. I'm like, well, that's crazy. Let me buy Bitcoin. I mean, oh, sorry, scam.
1: <laughs>
0: <Yeah>. Sorry, <laughs> it was so good. It's just an idea. I mean, if you spent, I'm not, uh, sorry, that was mean, right? Well, eventually it all fell apart because people realized, hey, wait, well, how does this thing work? And it was there was no working to it. It was just a scam. That's right. People wanted something right now. They want to wait for it. I want instant gratification. I want instant. You know, uh, the value sometimes. And, and people do it, and I'm not trying to be negative, but look, it, it, that, that buy now, pay later, is called credit. Now, I'm not saying it's sin, but if you're in debt, it's because your spirit says that I want it, I preach, preacher, but no, just listen to me. You say, I want it now, but I'll pay later for it. That is not spiritually good. That's the spirit of, I'm gonna sin now, I'm gonna have my girlfriend now, I'm not gonna get married, I'm just gonna do this now, I'm gonna do this now, I'll pay later, but you know there's interest on it, right? That's why it's easy to get into a ditch, it's hard to get out of a ditch. And I'm saying that because isn't it true that we can run a Ponzi scheme on ourselves? We're like scamming ourselves. You know what, I'm gonna have it right now, but I'll just pay later for it. Down the road, sometime, it doesn't matter, I need it. But by the time the bill comes, That thing isn't exciting anymore, right? It's just old. It's used up. But you know that I'm thankful that Jesus says, wait a second. You say, preacher, is credit really wrong? Look, I've got a credit card. I'm not knocking it. But you know what? When you live that way, you know what it destroys? Faith. Because faith is hope, right? Faith is like, I'm looking forward to it. I'm saving up for it. I'm going to just be able to pay for it, and then it's mine. No, I'm not about, hey, if you want to get something, man, save up for it. Buy whatever you want. Well, I want a Lamborghini. I want a big mansion, man. Buy it. But don't get into your you know, your eyeballs, into debt of things that you're going to have to pay for that you're already enjoying, but you haven't paid them off yet. And then you got all this stress in your life and you have to go work extra jobs. You know, when we have faith, they say that's what that takes away. That faith, it really has a spiritual That's why we don't let our kids eat before dinner, right? Because it takes away their appetite. Spiritually, brethren, we need an appetite of faith. You know, God works in our heart through faith. That means I don't have it yet, but I'm believing God for it. Amen? And that grows. There's There's a miracle that happens when you don't have something, but you really want it. And you begin, it molds your character, right? So like, I want a new car. Well, man, pray for it. I want a new, I, I want a, and not a new husband, right? I want a husband. I want a wife. I, and just says, well, I'm just going to get one at the bar. I'm going to get one on, on the internet, you know. But I'm, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to pray and I'm going to believe God. You see, there's a magic in delayed gratification there's a magic when things don't work out just like that it begins to grow our desire the bible said he saw their faith he saw that these men had said you know what we're not just going to stay here we're going to put effort into this we're going to get our friend to jesus it's it's the it's it's uh it's it's packed we're going to go up on the roof well, there's a roof. There's no way. We're going to make a way. And their faith began to work. And their desire began to grow. Brethren, there's something that happens. And preacher, all I can think about is you told me I was messed up because I'm in debt. I'm not trying to say that, okay? I'm just saying that that attitude, of get, it, get it right now. You know what? It'll get you messed up. And that God works through the waiting. He works through the waiting. What does he do? He works on us. And one of the greatest things when we have faith, you know, that when Abraham, he was told he would have a child, he was 75. And his wife was not ovulating anymore, okay? The Bible doesn't say it that way. Her time, the manner of women have ceased with her. Okay, she wasn't having kids anymore, right? She was old. And uh, God said, you're going to have a child. And he's like, sweet, okay? So 10 years later, no child. You ever want something and you pray and it doesn't happen right away? <laughs> and a year passes and two years pass and you're like, hey, I prayed. I believe God. And so did Abraham. He's a father of faith. Ten years later, no child. And his wife's like, hey, we got to help God out. Okay. There's this lady here named Hagar. She's kind of around, you know, kind of like a second wife. Go have a kid with her. I mean, man, have you ever told God, like, God, we got this worked out, right? So He does. And started Islam. I mean, that's where Ishmael was born. That's, it, it made a bigger problem, right? He's like, no, God, I'm going to help this out. I'm going to move things along. I'm going to grease God's skins. And he had a normal child with Ishmael, caused a bunch of problems uh, to this day. <laughs> there's, still, there's still problems with the descendants of Ishmael. But, you know, it was 25 years later when his wife had a child. And they named it. It was a supernatural child occurrence. And they named him Isaac. What am I saying? That the weight, there's magic in the weight. God's promise is coming. We have to trust God for it. God's promise is coming to your life. And what I'd really like you to take away, take away faith. The Bible says the power of the Lord was present in that place where Jesus was teaching to heal them. Not just this one man that got healed, but to heal everybody. What if we took away that possibility that you know what? What if God could do something in my life? Could you take that? I mean, just as a possibility. So I'll preach about my car's broke, my marriage is broke, and all these other things are broke. But what if God could do something in my marriage? What if God could do something in my car? What if God could do something in my whatever? Just throw it in there. That's faith. Say, you know what, God, I believe that you could do something. And, and the power of the Lord was already there. The Bible shows us that the power of God was able to heal. The power of the Lord was present. It was right there. When you come to church, God's there. And you take away that faith, God, I believe you. I believe God. The last takeaway is the takeaway value of obedience. My wife comes to the piano. With the takeaway value of obedience Jesus said, hey, what's what's harder, to say you're forgiven or to say rise up and walk? He said, but listen, but that ye may know that the Son of Man hath power on earth to do what? Forgive sins. You know, every miracle that God does, there's a message in it. What was the message of this miracle? It was a great healing. The man who was paralytic, he was just instantly healed. But you know what the message was? The message wasn't that God could heal. You know what the message was? That God has power to forgive sins. The takeaway value, the lesson of this whole thing was that Jesus Christ takes away the sin of the world. And the Bible said, he said, hey, rise. He talked to, he just looked down at the man and he said, arise, take up thy bed and go into thine house he said okay get up like you tell your kid get up and he told him in this case pick your stretcher up go home the takeaway value of obedience but this god just does not want me to suffer no god doesn't want you to suffer in your sin the devil does god wants you to get freedom from your sin he said hey you're done you're done have you ever told that to your child you're done (laughs) but usually we mean it in a corrective way but you're done being sad, you're done being depressed, you're done being, just thinking about the past and how things didn't work out, I'm done." He said, get up. He said, just get up. I taught back to my daughter, very young in the life. When she fell over, she'd wipe out, boom, skin her knees. I would get over like a drill instructor, I'd say, get up. And one man, he had his little boy that he was carrying, he said, what are you, like training a man? <laughs> he didn't get it. He didn't get it. He was kind of scared. No, I love my daughter. But you see, what kids need to know, that it's not fatal when you fall over. Just get up. You got a little blood coming out of your knee? Don't stay down. Because, you know, adults can do that too. We can get discouraged and fall over and just kind of just beat our our hands and just say, Man, I can't do anything right. You know what God said? Hey, let's stop with all that. Just get up. Just get up. And now take up the thing that, that held you. Pick it up and take it home and you know what he gave some instructions didn't he he said you're done you're done being sad you're done being paralyzed just get up say who can say that
1: jesus
0: and i said immediately 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 he just rose up just got up just like that i wonder if he just checked his legs out like whoa maybe he just jumped a little bit and took up now now you're in obedience right see god wants you to be free Notice, but he is following God's word. He's not doing his own thing. He has a new life, right? And it's all wrapped up in the power of Jesus Christ. Jesus said, get up. He got up. And then he's like, oh, Jesus told me to do something else. Pick up my bed. So he picked up his bed. And then it said, look, and departed to his own house. So that's what Jesus told me to do. So he's carrying it out. He doesn't need the four friends to carry him anymore. But you know what? He's glorifying God. Because he's like, man, God's real. I wonder if he's holding you with one hand and lifting up the other hand, right? And then changing hands. I do that when I drive. I drive with the steering wheel sometimes and lift up both hands. One out the sunroof. What it's not legal, right? But it's what I do sometimes. And I just like praising God. My like, God is so good. And he said, oh, preacher, what did he do next? I believe when he got home, he was glorifying God and said, God, you got me home. What do you want me to do next? And you know what? I believe God will give you instruction if you ask Him. And he can guide you every day, every step, the steps of a good man, a good woman. They're ordered by the Lord. He delighteth in that woman or that man's way. God will give you power. God will give you direction. And God will give you something you can take away from this service. And you know what? That's what God wants you to take is forgiveness. Just take it. It's yours. Say, well, they won't forgive me. Forget them. Get it from Jesus. Say, well, they're not going to forgive me. They don't have to forgive you. When God forgives you, you have this power that you can give to others. And you know what, man, you can forgive this one. You can forgive me. I've been prejudiced against. Why don't you forgive them and be free? The takeaway value of faith, why don't we trust God? And the takeaway value of obedience, why don't we obey God? Because these takeaways will revolutionize our life and wrap it up in the freedom of Jesus Christ with heads bowed and eyes closed. I know I've been a little bit long. Heads bowed and eyes closed in reverence to the Lord. Say, preacher, I need something in my life. I need it. And these altars are open. You need something from God, come take it. You know, at the end of a meal, they'll say this. They'll say, would you like something to go? And you've got all this food left on the table. And you know what? You say, yeah, can you pack this up? Can you pack this up? And you take that. They call it a doggy bag, right? But it's not for a dog, it's for you. And <laughs> you can take it home so you have something for later. There's a takeaway of forgiveness. Yes, forgiving you, but you also can forgive someone else. There's power. That's a superpower. Take away a takeaway of faith, trusting God. Will you trust God for something? It's impossible. Will you trust Him for it today? Take it away. And the last thing. Obedience, God, you know what? I need to obey you, and I need to have my life in line with your word. And you know what? You can start right now and say, God, I'm going to accept you in my life. I'm going to begin to walk in your word. Let's find a place to pray. She sings, God bless you, is our prayer. These altars are open. Take something from the Lord, not just food today. Take something from the Lord today. Say, God, I'm going to take away forgiveness. I'm going to take away Mercy. I'm gonna take away hope. Maybe God can put a new hope in your life, a new hope in your love, a new hope in your family, a new hope. The Bible said, and hope maketh not ashamed, for the love of God is shed abroad in our heart by the Holy Ghost, which is given by us. you like uh, we've got church this evening we got six we've got bible study on tuesday and we are going soul winning we're a crazy bunch of christians that go knock on folks doors and invite them to church and that's weird you know what i don't have to be impressed by what the world thinks of me i'm just a christian people are going to talk about you anyway you might as well serve god right <laughs> but uh you're invited to come soul winning at 6 30 or bible study on tuesday at 7 30 this is on tuesday and thursday we have church and tomorrow we're going to celebrate our country's freedom However you celebrate it, be careful with pyrotechnics, okay? Be careful. Have adult supervision for the adults, okay? That's what happens. Adults blow their hand off, and it happened in in Broward County. Some guy blew his hand off, okay? Really, these these things happen, so they're fun, but be careful. Brother Patterson's friend, uh, they brought these, like, Roman candles. Were you there for that? No, but I never heard all about it. They're supposed to shoot this way unless the base begins to rock and tips over. And then they're shooting at you. And so I got behind Reverend Patterson. <laughs> so one hit my car. One hit Reverend Patterson's, uh, you know, they're, they're mean, right? And I had to wipe the soot off my car. So be careful with pyrotechnics. Amen. Amen. God bless you is our prayer. Brother Velez, right? Okay. Brother Velez is going to dismiss us. And we have a bunch of food. Try the black rice. If you don't know what that is, it's awesome. It's Haitian for awesome. Amen. Amen. Take away value and take something from Jesus today. Take something from Jesus. God bless you, brother. We
1: ask you food, Lord, our we We know that children this. Amen.